Hello listeners, Dan here from A Bit Spursy. If you would like to watch this episode, please head to youtube.com forward slash at A Bit Spursy. We'll also have all the links up on our website as well at abitspursy.com. On today's episode of A Bit Spursy, we discuss a new chapter for the podcast. We also chat about the budding romance happening within the team, the F1 track, which has just opened, our thoughts on blue cards, whether they're a good idea. No one's saying that they are. Uh, we also talk about uh, Brendan Johnson and his Matt Hardy celebration, the WWE uh, fashion watch, and we also look forward to the Wolves game. All this and more on A Bit Spursy. everyone and welcome back to a bit spursy it's been a little while since we have recorded uh, but as you can see or possibly even hear uh, barney is unfortunately no longer with us uh, he's very much alive very much alive it's it's all okay uh he just got quite a lot of other projects on at the moment and he's had to step back from the pod so uh fear not uh barney fans you will be seeing him in the future uh jumping on certain episodes but for the time being, you've just got me. So yeah, it's been a, about a month or so, I think, since we took a, a mid-season break. We were inspired by the Bundesliga, just to have a little bit of a break there. Uh, but now we'll be returning back to weekly and sort of coming out, you know, just after the game, sort of Monday, Tuesday. So we thank everyone for your patience uh, in, in, in waiting for that. Uh, so it is the beginning of a new chapter of a bit Spursy, uh, which I think also just ties in nicely with the new chapter that we're going through uh, as a team here. Uh, we do have a game in like less than 36 hours or so, so we're probably not going to worry too much about recapping the Brighton game or any of the other games over the last month, um, but just catching up on a few things from this week as we look forward to Wolves, uh, and then like I said, we'll be back to chat more in depth about that early next week. It was, of course, Valentine's Day this week, and uh, one of the posts that I really loved came from Vicario. So this is where I think I'm talking about the new chapter that we have at Spurs here, uh, which is really just in terms of like our leadership group. And I love that we we just seem to see them bonding more and more with each passing week. So uh, if you hadn't seen, Vicario put up a lovely photo of himself and Romero on Valentine's Day, and he put here, happy Valentine's Day to you all little love heart uh and it's him in the tunnel with remember sorry with romero before the game and they've just got this beautiful little embrace uh it's very kind of like notebook-esque um but it kind of matches a little bit what happened after the end of the brighton game where again i'm not sure if you caught this uh we seem to get on the coverage just for a few seconds but it seemed like once the final whistle went you know Vic, uh, vicario and romero just went straight towards each other they were grabbing each other really really viciously and you could see just how much it meant to them to get that win um we've obviously at the start of this season had son madison and Romero come in as the new captains and vice captains there. But it really does seem that Vicario is kind of like next in, I was going to say next in line, but it sounds like if I say that, he's he's waiting there to try and backstab someone to get a vice captaincy, which I don't think is the case at all. But I feel like he's sort of next in that group that he's probably taken on a leadership position, uh, but without the all the fanfare that goes with that as an official title. Uh, there's been some other footage too of him, like, you know, talking to some of the youth keepers and doing presentations and stuff at the training ground. So uh, I really think, like, it's, it's really quite impressive, like, how quickly Vicario has taken 
to life at the club and yeah how well ingrained he already is becoming within this team like he he definitely seems to have those natural leadership qualities and you can just tell even in games like he's uh he's able to have that calmness when he needs to but the times he does get really fired up and it's good that we we now have i think like a really consistent keeper that we can rely on for a number of years to come but it is beautiful to see romero and vicario's relationship starting to blossom i don't know if romero's had uh like a bestie for a while at spurs like i know there's a partnership between him and van der ven's been developing and i guess you could say like if you go like argentinian friends he's got like uh lacelso and veliz but um i don't know if he's had that real sort of like strong connection with anyone um, seems like he's, you know, kind of like the gunslinger Lone Ranger, just, just a little bit too wild. No one can really get close to him. He's got all these barriers up, but that's been put to bed now. So I'm, I'm all here for this romance to keep developing. Uh, another big talking point that's happened in the last couple of weeks is of course, blue cards. Uh, and I know that it's been spoken about to death and I don't know if many people have actually voiced the opinion that that is a good idea. Uh, there's a part of me which wants to say I think it could be an interesting thing to implement, but that might also be just because it's a stupid idea to try out and that would be a funny thing to see. I do feel like at the moment there's so much, so many issues, sorry, with the referees and VAR and everything like that, that we're not at a state where it feels like refereeing is stable. So I don't know if we need to give another variable into the mix and and just think that that will magically fix things. Uh, you could easily just not have the blue cards and just give out yellow cards more. Like, don't have this uh, period at the start of the game, which we saw in the Brentford game um, a couple of weeks ago, where I think it was was it was it Norgard who was just like fouling freely in the first few minutes. And again, we've spoken about this a lot on this podcast that there just seems to be a, a carte blanche to do whatever you want at the start of the game. And I, I think that. You know, if we start penalizing certain challenges a little a little bit earlier, and then you know you get players who, again, you know, players like a Rodri, like a Diaz, like for City, like we, they're not going to get away with as much early. Then when it comes to later in the game and they make those cynical fouls, which are just getting yellow, they're going to be getting sent off for them. I think that's going to be just a much more balanced system than now introducing the blue cards. And Ange has. Uh, spoken about this and he's basically said that he thinks blue cards are going to ruin the game if they come in because there's going to be time wasting team shutting up shop for 10 minutes and that's definitely going to happen so it could be one of these scenarios where we've heard reports of blue cards being trialed at you know grassroots level and having a positive effect there because they're trying to get more respect for referees i'm totally up for more respect for referees and like other sports have see a much lower tolerance for any dissent towards refs. Take the NBA, for example. It seems though in football, it's like you really have to like cross a pretty high threshold to end up getting punished for that. But this could be an example of like, it works well at, you know, amateur grassroots level, because also at that level, you're not really that organized that you can just go, all right, let's shut up shop and retreat into our defensive low block position um, for the next 10 minutes and then we'll come back out of that but at the top level like as soon as any rule comes in like teams find ways to exploit it and i think this is what would happen here that even if they are being punished they would just try and just totally shut up shop for the game totally time waste uh to the point of even like intentionally getting yellow cards from that so i just 
I don't see how it could possibly be implemented in a positive way. But having said that, I would still be up for seeing it trialed because it sounds stupid. Um, let's just talk quickly about the Brighton game. It's almost a week or so ago now, but um, this was this was like it was a great result at the end, and I think that it was symptomatic of how we've been playing throughout most of the games over the last month, two months maybe. Um, where we've had patches where we've looked really good and we've had a lot of patches where we haven't looked in control of the game and we haven't looked that great. Personally, I'm not really fussed at this stage whatsoever. We've had quite a few players out. We've had uh, you know players coming back from injury or some long-term injuries as well um, or suspensions or you know different national team commitments. Um, so I do think that it's going to take a little while for us to gel together again and start playing the type of football in dominating games as much as we were at the start of the season. However, given that that's how we kicked off the season, I don't really have any doubts in my mind that we're going to get back up to that level if we can keep people fit. But like I said, uh, I'm not really that concerned if we do have patches in these games where it doesn't look like we are completely dominating. Uh, the Brighton game, it it was good in the sense that we did get some players back. Like um, Pat Pratisar came back. I thought he was fantastic. Uh, obviously lovely to see him get a goal and his celebration running off into the crowd and getting a yellow for it. Um, I don't know if that should be yellow, but then again, if that was the opposition, maybe I would be calling for that. So who knows? Uh, also Son. Like I thought that was such a nice moment, Son coming back, Romero running over, putting his armband on. Uh, I didn't know they did that. Like I knew that if the captain goes off, they they give the armband to someone else because I thought it's like, well, the captain's leaving the field. But it seemed like a very sort of symbolic gesture to go in and give that to Sonny. And Sonny gave the sort of rev up to the crowd as he came on too, which was just so, so wonderful. Uh, we really do feel like we do have our leader back when Sonny's there. And even though, like we were speaking about, we have had other people step up, um, not having Son is still a big gaping hole in that team. So it was great to see him come back and the – I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't say the goal wouldn't have happened without him, but his role in the the winner was uh, was a crucial one. Uh, and yeah, the ball that he played across, it was perfectly placed to to Brandon Johnson. Um, and I'm so happy that Brandon Johnson scored. He's been an interesting one that there's been a lot of criticism about him from certain parts of the fan base, but it's also hard to tell if that's just a noisy bunch on Twitter or not, or if that is actually a widespreading sentiment overall. I've been really happy with Johnson so far. And this kind of leads in to a question that we had uh, come through on our Discord uh, a couple of weeks ago, which we'll skip into right now. And it is basically saying, it's from Ren, uh, no, sorry, it's from Vanderken Season. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on Brandon Johnson's season so far? Personally, I prefer having him in the team than not even though he can cause a lot of frustration with his decision-making. But I didn't realize until the Man U game how many fans are unhappy with his performances and already writing him off. Uh, and it seems like even if Johnson has a game where he scores a goal, because he doesn't magically have a game where he becomes prime Maradona. He starts taking on players left, right, and center and really controlling the match. Uh, he still is drawing criticism that it's like, well, he scored the goal, but he didn't really do that much else apart from that. And I just think that it's like we we just need to kind of accept what kind of player Brendan Johnson is, and he's not going to be a player who 
will magically just start turning games by going on hero runs and just pulling out these worldies. But he is the sort of player who, in a really well-oiled machine, could be like fantastic and could play a very, very specific role, especially making those runs in at the back post, and especially if we get teams that aren't sitting back against us and allow us a little bit more space in behind. Now with Madison back, being able to slot through Johnson there. So overall, I'm really happy for Johnson. And I think that for his first season, like he's adapting really, really well. Um, He's getting probably more game time than I thought he would initially. I thought even though we spent quite a bit of money on him, it just seemed like maybe it would take, I don't know, uh, almost up to a season for him to start getting the sort of minutes that he is. But I'm really happy with him. So uh, I'm, I, I don't really get, the the criticism of him and i think it could be you know due to the fact that he he did cost you know what 40 45 million uh and there is that sort of idea that if you're coming in for that price you're gonna be a superstar but these days that doesn't really buy you a superstar like that just buys you a solid player and especially if they count as homegrown then i mean there's that sort of homegrown tax that gets added onto it it you're getting a decent player, but you're not getting a world beater. Like you're, you, you're having to go sort of 80, 90, a hundred million to get those guaranteed superstars. And even then, like, look what's happening at like anti-man you, like there's, there's a potential to flop. Uh, but anyway, I, I think Johnson's been really good. I'm really happy with him so far. I loved his celebration as well. Uh, doing the Matt Hardy, uh, Matt, Matt sorry, Matt Hardy, Jeff, the Hardy boys, uh, which initially was point, pointed out as being like he's having to go at Jao Pedro and like mocking him. But seeing him after the game, this Brandon Johnson talking about is just he loves the Hardy boys. And Jeff Hardy specifically was his favorite wrestler. Uh, and then there's Matt Hardy has posted a few times on Twitter throughout this week that like the Premier League tweeted saying Brandon Johnson and the Hardy boys, the crossover we never knew we needed and Matt Hardy, but the crossover we deserved. So reveling in the attention, I don't know if the Hardy Boys are actually Spurs fans, but uh, maybe they might be now. Um, maybe we might be able to get a TLC match at the stadium. Who knows? Uh, I'm surprised that we don't haven't had WWE come to the stadium yet. That would be, I don't know if it's like next on the list, but we're going through, you know, all the big musical acts and things like that. It wouldn't surprise me if that's on the cards uh, soon. I'm, I'm, I was, I'm just waiting like someone's going to come in and tell me like, no, we have had WWE there, but I'm pretty sure that's, we haven't. Like we've had boxing there. We've had a couple of fights, but uh, yeah, keep an eye on that. I reckon WWE coming soon. There's a lot of crossovers starting to happen. Um, apart from that in the game, I, I just thought it was a good result. That probably the other player to talk about maybe is Timo Werner. Uh, he's, I think he's another player that I'm happy with, especially for how we've got him in, getting him in on loan and for the potential price if we do try and um, try and, well, not try and buy him. We just choose to buy him because we have the option. Uh, and I think he's, I think he's doing well. It's like, to me, he's kind of like the, the opposite of Son in a sense that, you know, Son is obviously an elite finisher and can pass the ball really well. Like, so there's, he's not quite the opposite of Son, but um Son's finishing is incredible. Uh, Timo's finishing is completely non-existent. But I do kind of like Timo's build-up play, and I think that he's getting involved. He's using the ball pretty well. And I, I just think that there's a role for him in this team beyond the end of this season. 
And I don't think he needs to be scoring that many goals for us to to want to trigger that because um, he's already got a few assists and I can see him just getting a few more. Uh, I, I do find it funny though, where like he does sometimes go on a few runs and like dribbles, goes past a few players and then, you know, shoots uh, and scuffs it and hopefully a, like a defender touches it and it goes out for a corner. And you see him very quickly playing into that with the like, oh yeah, no, no, it was, it was a touch. No, no, don't worry. It was a touch. It was probably going in. It was probably going to go, I don't know, bottom, bottom corner, bottom corner, but the defender got a touch on it. So anyway, it's a corner. It was missing. If it was missing, it was marginal. Uh, but he's anyway. He seems like he's his finishing boots. They're just not there. Uh, but like I said, if we're paying forty, fifty million for him, I would probably want at least a couple of goals to creep in. But if it ends up that we're going to be paying like sort of fifteen to twenty million pounds, like that's kind of a steal for a player, even if they're not really scoring that many goals, because we have so many goals coming from the rest of the forward line. Uh, with Richarlison, with Songon, with Johnson. Hopefully Decky can rediscover his form a little bit there. So I don't think that Timo needs to really contribute too many goals. Having said that, if we get to some crunch moments in games and he does end up getting through <laughs> and it's 1-1, it's the 92nd minute, and then he sort of just puts it wide, that's when we might start getting a little bit frustrated with that. But overall, I think I'm pretty happy with him. Uh, and I And I think he's... I think it's just solid. I think it's solid. So we also this week we had an open training session at the uh, at the stadium, um, which is great. My favorite part of it though was that coinciding with that the the Spurs social media account, which is my, one of my favorite accounts to follow, and usually not for the footballing things. It's just all the things around that, the adjacent content. Uh, they put up the the team just in like incredible fashion like we've got this incredibly young fashionable squad now and it's not that i not that i think we had a particularly uh unfashionable one i guess before but i mean harry kane was never really the pinnacle of of um of anything to do with sort of like design or i'm not gonna say looks in terms of him but you know he was just very very kind of basic and everything he wore um, but now we've got, yeah, like v- Vicario's got this beautiful sort of like brown panel jacket on. Uh, Madison's always wearing something uh, kind of cool. These are, it's like brands I don't even know of. And it's like I'm by, f- I'm, not, I'm not even in the race when it comes to being like fashionable, things like that. But it's just amazing. The, what I really love the most out of this, though, is you see Dragerson has got this just, he's got this white turtleneck and then this sort of like furry white jacket. And he just looks like a bodyguard from like a, a a Bond film that's like set up in the Alps or something like that. And then coincidentally, Sonny just has a beautiful white turtleneck as well. Um, it's it's just great. I've also noticed before games, like it seems really kind of random as to what we're wearing, but I'm sure there's a stylist that's dictating all of this. But some games will rock up and we got the full tracksuit, which I think is what we had against Brighton. Uh, and it's like the full tracksuit with the club badge, everything like that. Other games, it's like we'll have like a, you know, like a, a just a sort of like plain navy jacket and like some dress pants or something. Um, I yeah, I really wonder like if there's a concerted effort now amongst the team that, uh, and I can't imagine this coming from Ange so much, but maybe it's 
you know, that's Madison's influence in the leadership group there that it's like, all right, boys, everyone, you've got to get your fashion game lifted. You've got to be dressing well. We're going to be, we're going to be the, like the, the best dressed team. Like that's what we want to win. We don't really care about the Premier League. We didn't care about Champions League. We just want to win best dress at the PFA Awards. They don't even have best dress. Who cares? Like we'll, we'll have our own category. We'll, we'll take it home. Um, the one player who's kind of falling short from this a little bit, I think is Pierre and, I wonder if he's just trying out different looks to try and get ready for his move. But I don't know if you noticed, I think two games ago, he had this, the World War II, like part on his head, uh, sitting, sitting on the bench. Uh, but then now that's gone and he's gone back to just sort of comb over on top and just shave short on the sides. Uh, it just occurred to me, like, what am I doing? Like, why, why, why am I getting into this? This is, I, I think I'm trying to show some sort of affection for Pierre and, on field, he's been such a mixed bag lately. And I realize my affection here is like criticizing his haircut. But I just think that maybe it's we're seeing like the, uh, the, a man at the end of his career in a Spurs shirt. And uh, I don't know. I, I feel like I'll remember Pierre very fondly, even though a lot of fans have been calling for his head for a long time. But I think that, you know, he served the club really, really well. And as a squad player, I think, you know, he definitely, he offers a role when he's coming off the bench and closing out games. When he's starting games consistently now, especially trying to pay end ball, that's when I think he's struggling. But, you know, I just want to see him happy. So maybe maybe he is trying out some different looks, really trying to, like, market himself and, 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 and get ready for a move in the summer. But, you know, if that is the case, best luck to him. Uh, speaking of the Spurs social media accounts, one thing I love that they do is they put up the weekly schedule for the players. Uh, well, for the players, for the team overall. And it just looks great. I always love it when there's one game in the schedule because then you have like, it says weekly schedule. And like this recent one, we had Son on there. And it's like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, nothing at all. Sunday, little icon of Spurs and Wolves, the Wolves game. So I would love for them to lean into this and give us more of an insight of like, what is Son's weekly schedule like? Uh, we had like James Madison, at, I think the week or two beforehand, and there were two games in there. So the schedule looks a little bit more packed out, but I just, I want to know what, like what's, what's, what's Jimmy doing during the week? Uh, I imagine darts he'd have in there for a couple of, a, a couple of days. Like that's probably like playing at least once, like going to see the darts another time. Um, I don't playing in an amateur sort of indie rock band or something like that uh but it would be nice to see like if they're featuring a player it's like what do they get up to during their week um like sar what does sar do i don't know does he collect pokemon cards like what's his he is uh, just seems like so innocent like 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 fun like what what does he get up to like this is the stuff that would really interest me on these weekly schedules because we kind of all know when the games are going to be but it's like just give us a little bit extra give us a little bit more of a taste of what's going on behind the scenes uh, speaking of which, the F1 track has opened and it looks kind of cool. Like it looks better than I thought it would. And I love the kind of mood lighting. Um, again, Spurs official on Instagram, they've put this up. Uh, the F1 track have their official page. It looks like our under 21s got to go down and have a bit of a race around. Um, there's one video of Timo Werner and, and Dragosin from our team, uh, but we barely even see them. Like they don't even, they don't, they don't race or anything like that. So I'm not sure if players are allowed to, if that gets kind of like put in the go-kart racing is too dangerous for a professional athlete. We don't want you to get hurt, get injured. 
sort of territory. Like, I wonder if maybe Timo, it wouldn't surprise me if he, if he and his contract had some sort of, you know, like for the love of the game, like how Jordan was just allowed to play basketball whenever he wanted. Um, but Timo applies strictly to F1. So like pre-game, everyone's getting ready, going out in the field, about to do their rondos. And then you just see Timo just kind of like pulling off to the side. It's like, yeah, guys, I'll be back. I'll be back. Don't stress. Don't stress. Don't, I'll be back. Just going. Ugh, just got to go to the bathroom again. Uh, forgot to go earlier. And then he just quickly nips down, just does a few laps of the F1 circuit. And uh, I mean, it, it could get you going. Like uh, it's been a little while since I've, I've raced go-karts, but I mean, get the adrenaline pumping a little bit. I don't know. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if that there are some players who really prefer to amp themselves up with something like that. Um, other players would p- probably prefer just to like lie down, relax, meditate, something. That's something where I see Romero is probably being like, you think he'd get all fired up pre-game and like he'd just want to like, I don't know, just like punch his teammates or something like that. But then you you, re- you, you learn that it's like he just he just drinks his like herba mate tea and just sits down and just does does, does like Wim Hof for, for 20 minutes. Uh, but anyway, I, I, I'm, I'm intrigued with the F1 track and what that kind of brings. Um, there's a nice crossover there. Maybe Daniel Ricciardo and Postacoglu, they can have a little face-off. Uh, but I think like if I was in London, if I was visiting the stadium, I would definitely go to the track. Uh, and I, I feel like now I've seen the sentiment start to change a little bit. Whereas when it was first announced, there was a lot of like Daniel bloody Levy getting distracted again. Was he spending money on F1? He should be spending money on you center back. But now maybe because we're buying players <laughs> pretty regularly and we're seemingly like, we seem to be in one of the better financial positions in the league. Uh, now we have something like this open and then there's more praise for it. Like, well, oh, well, you know, you've got to have a good sustainable financial model and uh, it seems like that's what we have at the club. Uh, but still falling short of giving a specific someone praise uh, for that happening. Uh, there are constantly now, like just every week, there are r- reports of players needing to be sold, like Wolves and Pedronettos are one of the latest ones uh, to comply with FFP. And then you have clubs like Everton just crying, crying poor and blaming us all over this. But it really does seem like, we could be in a in a pretty good financial position to to swoop and take advantage of this when it comes to the 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 summer window. Uh, it feels kind of weird in some ways saying that, like take advantage of these clubs being in really poor financial decisions. But you know, we've been like taken to town on the fact of like Spurs haven't won this, that, everything for like years and years and years, whilst we have been building a much more sustainable model behind the scenes. So I kind of only think it's fair that if you're going to throw all these barbs about trophies and things, that we can throw barbs when you're going under from FFP and just come in and buy your players for a cheaper price. I don't see what's wrong with that. Uh, and and look, honestly, it's 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 a very complex matter which uh, there's a lot of lot of opinions on it. But, you know, I'm kind of here for it. I'm here for it. And I, I now would be all up for more commercial additions to the stadium. Like, let's just turn it into just a, a giant theme park. Like, people just come there and spend the money and they don't care about football, don't care about Tottenham. Not on match days. Like, maybe just have that around match days. I wouldn't say, like, we should flood the fans with so, – sorry, flood the stadium with, like – Tourist fans who don't care about the club, uh, even though that's what some people say is kind of happening on match days. But 
I'd love more of these attractions because you think about it, like uh, so many businesses now, like they, they'll try and work out a second way that they can kind of bring in income and use the space. Like you have a lot of, you know, cafes during the day, which then become ghost kitchens for takeaway restaurants at night. So they can utilize that space, uh, or, or sort of co-working offices. will just like try and hire them out for events. So I really think it would be smart to just like keep bulking up the stadium, uh, keep adding in like what, let me know in the comments what you would like to see added to the stadium uh, to go along with the F1 track, the brewery, all these these other things. The Fable Cheese Room, might that make a return? Uh, but what would you like to see? What would get you down to the stadium on like a Wednesday afternoon or a Tuesday morning? Like what sort of things would get you along there? I would um, – I'd be all up for it because eventually there's uh, – I'm going to get back to London and be able to go to some Spurs games, hopefully – and if that's the case, I'll be wanting to spend like f- like a full week at the stadium. So this is a very selfish ask maybe for me that like if I can just set up shop there and just be entertained for a whole week, then I'm I'm living in paradise. Uh, Son, uh, before we go, we'll, we'll, uh, we've got another question or two. And uh, one thing I wanted to chat about quickly before that was um, the story that's come out about South Korea at the Asian Cup. And Son Heung-min and his dislocated finger. And I saw him, I think it was for the Brighton game, he saw that he was, his finger was wrapped up or it was in a pre-match photo or, or something like that. But uh, the story that has emerged is that apparently ahead of the semi-final loss the career had to Jordan, um, the the team were, were f- finishing dinner or having dinner or some sort of team meal. And Lee Kang-in went to play, I believe, table tennis uh, didn't really want to hang around and bond. Um, this is all sp- like this. Is, the details are kind of a little bit loose on this, uh, and maybe some of the younger players as well went off to do that. And apparently, Sonny was not very happy as one of you know. Well, he's the captain, so the leader of the squad. There, he wanted everyone to stay, don't not leave the meal early, keep the bonding going, and go for it there. So apparently, Son goes over. Uh, and there's different reports. Like some are saying, like Son just called for the younger players to rejoin the group. Um, other players, other other reports are saying that like Son went up and like grabbed <laughs> grabbed Levi like the scruff of his neck and started trying to drag him back. And then like Lee Kang and turn around and, like punch Sonny in the face. Um, that sounds a little bit maybe fantasized, but I don't know. It could have happened. Uh, but regardless, Sonny ended up dislocating his finger from it. Um, due to the route, like the event definitely happened because Lee Kane did put up a, a a post, I think, on his Instagram saying like he was really sorry for his behavior and he shouldn't have done that. Um, blah 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 blah. But um, yeah, you just kind of show like Son has had, I, I guess, really before becoming captain as well, um, this kind of like image placed on him that like he's soft, like he he he's you know not this like you know not this manly, like, you know, throwback captain, like a John Terry, God fighter. Uh, and, and it's it's something which is like, it's always felt weird. Like if it always felt kind of like very toxic that those are the things you'd criticize on about. But you, you see here, it's like, despite having like a very, very like chilled, calm, like um, overall demeanor or a very encouraging and a very like apologetic demeanor, uh, he obviously doesn't take shit. So do not leave the team dinner early. <laughs> if son's there um and i kind of like i like this like if they were th- 
if they were throwing down, I'm probably not as much of a fan of that. That seems like it things probably didn't need to get to that level. Um, but if it was a case of like, you know, young players going off and Son just like trying to usher them back and then accidentally catching his finger or something, I don't know. Uh, I'm down with that. Like, I, I think it, it's good to say, like, have Son just offer like a little bit of discipline to the squad as well. So it's not just like he is this funny, happy go lucky guy. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was very, very interesting. Like, where if you see Son with a dislocated, like some sort of minor injury, you usually don't think that he would have gotten into a scuffle over something. Uh, we've got one more question, which we're going to do before we wrap up for today. And that is from Ran Fay, who posted this on the Discord. Uh, the question is Decky has revealed that Matters is the most active in the group chat, Hoybia has the memes, Sa is the cutest, and Cootie and Emerson argue all the time like they're the only ones in the chat, but nobody really cares. Uh, what other tidbits do you leave out? What do you think the other players are doing in the chat? P.S. Do you think they're all now just trying to guess the next challenge from Spurs' social media team? Uh, I Firstly, I love all the social media questions that get asked at the training ground. I think one the other day was who's who's your ideal Super Bowl performer? And there was a lot of Coldplay, a lot of little baby. Um, I love Vicario when he's just like, ah, oh, listen to Mr. Rain. Who I looked up is an Italian rapper uh, and kind of seems a bit niche as well. Um, but Vicario was just very like, yes, he's wonderful. So, so wonderful. Uh, and I played the tunes and I was like, it's, it seems okay, but it's like, I, I don't know if if so wonderful you'll love him. Incredible. Uh, really is sort of accurate for that. Uh, but anyway, in the group chat, um, we got another insight from this that this, this, um, Spurs Fish, they also posted something up where they DM'd players and basically asked about um, Mickey van der Ven's pace. Uh, and it was like, what is, like, what's faster than Mickey van der Ven or what's slower or something like that? And then I love that, like, um, Pedro Porro replied, like, ha 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 ha. I'm faster than him. <laughs> so, Based on that, I assume that in the group chat that Pedro Porro is kind of just like laughing to himself at everything, but he's kind of like that friend that won't just laugh like ha ha as a response to something. He'll be like ha 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 ha. At which point you see it's like there's that's not realistic. Like there's too many ha ha's there. That that's not that's not what people are finding funny. Like I don't know. Maybe that just could be me. But if ever I get that in response to something, I kind of feel like yeah, okay, that that doesn't feel genuine. That feels almost mocking to the scenario now, but. Okay. Um, but yeah, apart from that, in this, like, who else would be in there? I, I reckon, like, Ben Davies is probably, like, trying to push financial advice to everyone. Um, he's like, I just feel like he'd be the sort of guy who's, like, not getting into, like, Ponzi schemes or things like that, but he'd be, like, just presenting good op- investment opportunities to the group. Uh, and, and, like, he just seems like, you know, that's, that's what I just assume Ben Davies is into in his spare time. Um, he's like, I've never, ever heard of Ben Davies ever doing anything wild. So I just imagine that he would just be like very, very well behaved. Uh, in terms of that, the, it's weird. I think like Timo, maybe it's like, cause he's kind of new. He'd still be getting used to the group chat. And so like, maybe he's just sending pictures of cats to everyone and they're just like kind of at the wrong moments. They're not really timed that well. And you can see the intentions there. And, you know, he's, he's just like, he thinks it's hilarious and he's just really trying to get in with everyone, get in with the new team. Um, but they all just end up just ignoring them. So they don't like pull him, pull him up on them, but they just kind of like let him have his moment, but just 
just let that go. Yeah, let us know in the comments. What do you think? Like, what? Who? Who else would be throwing throwing around some things in the group chat? Uh, it, it does make me think. Like, it it would be really interesting to see just like a Premier League teams group chat uh, and what sort of conversation they put in there. Like, I would think that it's not going to be any sort of tactical or things around the team because they've got so much contact day in day out that I assume it's probably just like. Hey, we're going to this place for dinner. Who, who's in? We're booking for everyone. Yeah, cool. Um, or like things like that, where it's like, oh, who's in for the, who's in for Chris Kringle this year? Like stuff like that. I couldn't imagine that they would be like they leave training, and then they get these serious tactical questions. But that also wouldn't surprise me either. That if there's like someone in there who's just absolutely nerding out more than anyone. Um, like I was going to say probably Hoybier, but like if Hoybier is on the memes, it's probably not him, but someone who's nerding out, it's like after they leave training, they're just sending through essays of like tactical questions or like what just advice, un- unsolicited advice for, for everyone in terms of what they should be doing. And then they end up just kind of getting like muted by everyone else. But yeah, it would be, it would be wild, I think to be. To be, but then again, like I'm saying, it could be wild, it could be nothing. Anyway, hopefully we'll find out. We'll get some more leaks. That, that's what we want next. We want more leaks of whatever is in the team group chat. Um, and when I say wild as well, I don't want anything like bad, but it's just like, yeah, like let's see what what other bits of personality can we get out of this. Anyway, I think this about does it for, for today. Uh, we've gone for longer than I'm. Thought we would. Uh, we're looking forward to the Wolves game, which is, like I said, a day and a little bit away. Uh, I, I think, I think I want to say win, but like Wolves often can be annoying. They can often be unpredictable too. They've like in their last five, they've lost two, drawn drawn one, and won two. So it could really go either way. And our form has been a little bit inconsistent, but I'm still pretty hopeful that we can we can get a win here. And then that would give us like 13 games left and we're in a pretty good position if that's the case. Could we still be in fourth and, and kicking through? So yeah, we'll be back after the Wolves game and yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can get it. I'm always like petrified of Wolves and I think that's just going back in time, like thinking about Adama Traore, even though he's at Fulham now. So that's great. And also, even though that Adama never really did much against us, but he would just be the sort of player that when he comes on, it's like, all right, well, now we've got a double team uh, him. And that just becomes like another sort of annoying thing to worry about and a player you don't want to face at the end of the game. They obviously did have the good comeback against us uh, in the return fixture early this season. But yeah, I'm predicting the Spurs win. I hope we can keep it going. And thank you for joining us back here for a bit, Spursy. Uh, the return. We will be doing these more regularly again. And we'll see you in a couple of days. Come on, you Spurs. You've been listening to A Bit Spursy. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Email us at hello at abitspursy.com and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms.